Yesterday we talked about the offense, and today we're going to talk about the defense for the upcoming spring game for Arizona State Sun Devils football. Let's get into it on this edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Our Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you to the everydayers who are always here. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. As always, thank you guys for tuning in wherever you're getting your podcast. Hit like and subscribe and turn on notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content. Stay in touch with that content by following me on Twitter. You can find me at RichieBrads36 and the podcast as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. Like I said at the top of the show, yesterday we talked offense. Lots of offense to talk about. But you know what? It's a lot of defense to talk about, too. And that's what we're going to be focusing today's episode on. With the spring game just a couple short days away, there's a lot of intrigue on defense. More than I think people want to talk about. Like, obviously, when Kenny Dillingham is your new head coach, you're going to have a lot of conversation about offense. And then you look at the the, the, the biggest players on this team. Elijah Badger, Jalen Conyers, they're, they're offensive guys. You look at the guys you brought in through the recruit, like uh, Jake Rashada. It, it's, it's all offense. All your news is on offense right now. A brand new quarterback. Guys who are playing skill positions who could be some of the best in the conference and maybe making their way towards the NFL legitimately. There's a lot to talk about with the offense. But I'm telling you, there's a lot to talk about defensively too. This is an Arizona State Sun Devils defense that was not great last year. No secret whatsoever. That has really done a lot of improving and brought back its best players from last year. You're returning Roe Torrance and Chris Edmonds and BJ Green, who were three of the top five defenders from last year. Probably like I, I don't I don't know who you would argue ahead of those three, honestly. You bring them back, you bring in tons of guys through the portal. There's guys that are coming up as recruits, too. There's guys that have been developing and took redshirt years and whatnot. There's so much here defensively to talk about that I wish we were talking more about regularly than the offense. So let's start with what I'm looking for. It starts with the pass rushers because good Lord almighty, is there a lot of them? Right now, when I made my prediction for Arizona State's starting defense, my starting defensive line was Clayton Smith and BJ Green at edge rusher and CJ Fight and Robbie Harrison at defensive tackle. But there's a lot of other guys here. There's Ashley Williams. There's Prince Dorba. There's Michael Matus. There's Jaleel Rivera Harvey. There's um, Garen Stansbury. There's Anthony Cooper, there's there's so much on this defensive line to even begin to digest, to figure out who's going to start or who's even going to get a lot of reps. Like you could start and not even get nearly as many reps as other guys. Like it's one of those situations on the defensive line in the best way possible. I'm going to be looking at the defensive line and I'm going to be looking at the snap count, who's out there with starters, who's getting rotated in. Who's playing where? Because like there's movement too. BJ Green, who's been a primary three-tech defensive tackle his first two years at Arizona State, 
has been an edge rusher for all of camp. He's dropped weight. He's down in the 250s when he played at 275 last year. There's movement. There's all sorts of new, like new, new facets to this defensive line. And you have like the Clayton Smith, the former four slash five star. You've got these really exciting kids like Ashley Williams and uh, Prince Dorba. There's, there's so much here to work with. And that's where I'm going to be spending the vast majority of my time when I'm paying attention to defense. It's going to be on the pass rushers. It's going to be on the defensive line. Who's getting in the backfield the most? Who's struggling to make an impact? Who's making the splash plays? Who's getting the sacks and the tackles for loss and the big hits and the big plays? That's where I'm going to be watching. And it will help them for sure that this offensive line has not been great during all of the practices so far. There's really no excuse for these guys to not be able to come out and just absolutely dominate their side of the competition, which is going to lead me to want to watch seven, eight, nine, ten defensive linemen more than anyone else. Pass rushers, absolutely at the top of what I'm looking for. But I'm also going to be looking at the competition between the younger guys and the veterans. Jaleel uh, Rivera Harvey is a veteran on the defensive line, but CJ Fight, an incoming freshman, has impressed so much. I don't know how you don't start him. Michael Matus, who we're not going to see at spring practice, is because he's recovering from an ACL tear. But Michael Matus is feels like a plug-and-play guy as one of the starters, but how is he supposed to do that if Clayton Smith dominates the way that he has been? Looking at some of the, the defensive backs, like what do you do if Montana Warren continues to play as well as he has at the safety spot? Do you still roll with one of the veterans like Shamari Simmons or Xavier Alford over him? What do you do at corner? Like if I, if Isaiah Johnson is taking those steps forward as that redshirt sophomore, can he usurp a more veteran guy like an Ed Woods? Like there's, there's a lot of youth that is stepping up for Arizona state right now. And it just begs the question with a young team, especially in terms of like the coaching staff, are they going to want to roll out those young guys as soon as possible? Or are they going to be more interested in getting the veteran guys on the field who can establish the culture that they're trying to present and establish? Like there's, there's going to be a lot of competition. That's not going to be solved on Saturday. We're going to be going through this, the rest of the year up until the regular season and probably into the regular season. But it starts with the spring game. It starts with seeing is Clayton Smith going to be a full-time starter for Arizona State. We'll find out. We'll find out how these young guys are going to respond to the vets and vice versa. Like the linebacking core is mainly veterans with Trey Brown, uh, James Jonkum, and Will Schaefer. But could a young guy usurp them? I don't know. There's there's all sorts of intrigue here. The Tate Romney and the crew Jackson. Like, how do you sort that out? That's the next thing I'll be looking at. And finally, this is pretty, pretty straightforward. Nothing too crazy here. Play calling. I'm just interested to see how everything lines up. Arizona State has typically run a 4-3 defense with lots of nickel packages that gets a guy like Jordan Clark on the field more often than not. How are you going to be rolling that out? Are we going to see a lot of like 4-3-4? Are we going to see some four, two, five? Are we going to see some three, three, five? Like, how are we going to roll out the defensive alignment? 
who's going to be playing where. Again, I mentioned BJ Green earlier playing out of position, considering what he's been doing. What what else do you have in store for me? You know, are we going to see Jordan Clark playing near the line of scrimmage in the Corey Bethley safety role more than just like nickel? Like, I'm interested to see how new defensive coordinator Brian Ward is going to line these guys up and how Brian Ward is going to integrate so many different players and different personalities and different different athletic types and players. There's a lot to work with here. And that is a very, very good thing for Arizona State. It just leaves me intrigued to see what the plan is moving forward. Those will be the biggest things that I'm looking at come Saturday for the spring game. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the sugar and calories, then you need the best tasting protein bar ever built. You got to try this. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste, then I've got just the thing for you because Built Bars and Built Puffs are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing, you won't think they're good for you. You got to try this. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. I'm not sure how Built does it but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is they're healthy. It's only 130 calories and four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't have to wait to get a box for years. We've been talking about ordering your built bars at built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's club while you can still get specific flavors at built.com. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can get a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puff. If you're closer to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro puff. You can thank me later. Get yourself a great-tasting protein bar. Get yourself the difference with Built Bar. Back into our conversation, let's take a look at the the guys that I'm going to be keeping an eye on specifically more than anyone else. And this was hard to narrow it down to four. It was even more difficult to not make it four defensive linemen, which is why I settled for two defensive linemen. We start with CJ fight, who I mentioned earlier is one of the guys that has played so well in spring ball that he's turned into a, how do you keep this guy off the field? He has been nothing but a terror for the offense to try and figure out and for Brian Ward, the defensive coordinator and for Vince, Amy, the defensive lines coach, they have to love everything that CJ has brought to the field. He's disruptive. He's big, he's strong, and he's a competitor. I don't see any reason why this isn't someone who should be on the field for majority of the game. Like he is so, so talented. And he looks like he is just ready to blossom into something special for Arizona State a lot sooner rather than later. He's going to be one of the guys I keep an eye on because that defensive interior, it feels like he's dominated the competition. Like even Robbie Harrison, who has looked very, very good, it still feels like it's just CJ fight and everybody else on that defensive line. And this isn't me saying that the rest of the defensive linemen have been bad. They've been good. It's just CJ fight has been that much better. It is so hard to walk away from a Sun Devils practice and not notice what CJ Fight did the whole two hours that you were out there. It flies by with him. Similarly to BJ Green, I really, really wanted to not talk about BJ Green. B- 
because he is one of the big name players here. And he's one of the guys that everyone's going to be looking out for. But that's the problem. How can you not watch BJ Green during this game? He's transitioning from defensive tackle to edge rusher. He has transformed his body and dropped 20 pounds in order to properly play. And all he's done is ignite everyone that he's gone up against. He's torching them. He is head and shoulders better than any of the offensive linemen that have dared to line up across from him, than any of the tight ends who have dared to try and block him. BJ Green is just that guy. He is him, as the young folk would say. He is a serious difference maker. He is a massive problem. And I'm intrigued to see him now in closer to a game setting. See what he does when he is full-time on the edge rather than where he's been comfortable on the inside recently. I'm also interested to see if this is still a reserve player or if this is a starter. Like, he hasn't been a full-time starter for Arizona State, and that hasn't stopped him from leading the team in sacks the two years he's been here. Like, the dude just finds a way to make the most of any opportunity that he's given. And that's what makes me so intrigued to continue to watch him and to continue to make him one of my highest priority guys to watch. Like, you you can't watch this Sun Devils practice and not talk about number 35 on the defensive line just blowing away everyone. This is someone that you feel could be in for a special season for the Sun Devils. Like, I, I remember talking to some of the guys at practice and talking about an over-under for his sack total for the year. I can't remember if I've told the story on the pod before. I think I have. But I believe they said, like, seven is probably a realistic, like, over-under for him. The way he's playing, he could smash that. This feels like someone who could be a double-digit sack producer. He has been that good in practice. I'm looking forward to continue to see him being that good, hopefully on the field this Saturday in the spring game. All right, two more guys I want to talk about now. Going to the secondary, we'll start with another obvious name. Like, I'm going with Roe Torrance here. Roe is coming back as arguably the best defensive player that the Sun Devils had from last year. And when you consider that the Sun Devils defense wasn't great last year, that might not have your hopes very high. But I promise you, Roe Torrance is somebody to watch out for. This is a future NFL player. This is a guy who's got the size at 6'3", 200 plus pounds, matched with the athleticism to keep up with true number one athletic receivers and the ability to mirror them and shut them out and completely eliminate them from a game plan. Roe Torrance looks like he could be one of the best corners in the Pac-12 this year. And I truly believe that that's a trajectory he's on. It's going to start this week. He's going to be classic iron sharpens iron because he's got to go up against Elijah Badger, who looks like a future NFL receiver. He's got to go up against Xavier Guillory, who has done nothing but dominate practice. He's got to go up against other quality receivers like Giovanni Sanders and Jake Smith and Mel Constaval and countless other guys that have been making plays. Troy O'Mare, like there's a lot of competition here for for Roe Torrance to continue to assert himself as a top dog and an alpha on the defensive side of the football. If he comes out on Saturday and shuts down whoever is on him, like I'm talking like Darrell Rivas style, he's got to be arguably the talk 
of the offseason. I truly mean that. If he comes out and just comes away with a clean slate somehow, some way, how can you not go into the offseason with the belief that Roe Torrance couldn't be one of the best corners in the conference, let alone at your school, let alone in the state of Arizona? This kid is special. And then we're going to close with, I, I wanted to do sort of a coin flip between the two guys who I would guess are the starting safeties here between Shamari Simmons and Xavier Alford. I wrote down Simmons. I'm going to be watching both. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to choose. So with both of them, they both have the ball skills. Simmons had, I think nine interceptions during his career at Austin pay and Alford had, I think three or four during his limited time with USC they both have that rangy kind of play style to them that makes them so appealing to play across from Chris Edmonds, who is solidified one of these starting safeties. It should be between Simmons and Alfred to be the guy next to him. But I also feel like you might want to find a way to get both of them on the field at the same time. But the reason I wrote Simmons down is Simmons had stood out more in camp compared to Alfred. And with Simmons... It's just intriguing to see if the small school kid can continue to assert himself as a top dog. Like we have seen Arizona State do countless times before with other players here. So when looking at the free safety spot, it feels like it's Simmons and Alford's jobs to fight between. I don't think anyone else really has a leg up on either of the two of them. I'll be watching them. Linebackers, I didn't say too much. Um... I'm I'm definitely going to be watching to see how a guy like James Johncom can go from not playing last year when he was transferring and getting adjusted and adequated to this program and seeing how he does as a full-time starter. Trey Brown, obviously going to be watching him. He's coming from Washington State, where Brian Ward is from, and is going to be plugged in as the starting Mike linebacker for the team. We'll obviously be watching them. But compared to these guys, they have more intrigue for me. But yes, I will be watching the linebackers, guys. If I had a fifth and I had to pick a linebacker, Jonkum is probably the guy I'm most interested in because I want to see what he does from the minuscule role he did last year to basically being a probable full-time starter this year. That's what I got for the defense. Tomorrow's podcast, I'll be breaking down this game more in-depth and giving you guys all sorts of, what are they called? Uh, bold predictions and... I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll do stat predictions. I feel like that might be a little too egregious, but we'll get there when we get there. Bottom line, tomorrow I'll be previewing this game one last time, and then next week we'll be taking a look at everything we learned from the game. Host of the Locked On Pac-12 podcast, Spencer uh, McLaughlin, will be joining me to talk about the future of Arizona State Sun Devils football, and we'll have plenty more to talk about. So wherever you're getting your podcasts, hit like and subscribe and turn on notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content. And stay in touch with that content by following me on Twitter at RichieBrads36 and the podcast at LO underscore Sun Till next time, though, you keep it locked right here on Locked on Sun Levels.